3: always follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow the
4: money.
1: This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Pauly Howard on v
5: Top of the morning to you. It is Follow the Money here on v the Sports Betting Network. This show is brought to you by DraftKings, Mitch Moss, along with Pauly Howard. And we are live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino. Busy show lined up today. We'll get into Blind Resume. And bubble team odds in college basketball. Busy card tonight in that sport. The NBA as well. Some NFL to kick around on the program today. And uh, football news in general, Paulie, was, I think, pretty massive yesterday. As this report came out, Ross Dellinger, the first person to break it at Yahoo Sports. And the landscape of one of our favorite sports, it's very popular, obviously, across the country, college football, is going to be changing. uh, And I don't even know, like, how drastically, because this thing is evolving, like, right in front of our eyes, right? I mean going from no playoff to four teams for about a decade. And then they're going to expand but make it beyond eight. But then no thought of 16. To round it out, nice number, easy with the brackets. They want to do 12. And now his latest report, it would be a 14-team playoff. That's the model being kicked around. Here's the breakdown. It would grant three automatic qualifiers each to the Big Ten and the SEC, two to the Big 12 and the ACC, one of the group of five, and then three at-large bids. What's the point? Why would you agree to this if you're any of these leagues? Uh, I don't understand why you have to have the, the qualifiers automatically. Um, this yeah. it's, just, it's
3: totally forced at this point to me. I was reading the comments, and the fans, a lot of fans hate it. Now, they, a lot of them are bringing up you, you're ruining the regular season, which, okay, we just saw a team go undefeated and get left out of the playoff. But uh, in any event, to go from 12 to 14, and you don't even see what 12 looks like, And who knows, maybe people fall in love with it. But they want the NFL model. It would be 14, everything you just ran down, and then you'd have two buys, just like the NFL. A top source in the meetings told Pat Forty, quote, I don't like a system that has already predetermined that one conference is better than another conference without playing any games and before the season starts. Forty goes on to write, in his own opinion, it should be based on merit and not just willy nilly throwing 100% out these, it these should awards. Be. Absolutely. So there's two sides of this coin, right? So I said to you earlier, what if the SEC goes back to what they were before the BCS, or maybe the Big Ten can't get their act together? You never know. You're walking in every year with three auto bids. Tennessee hasn't won anything since T. Martin. Old Miss has never won anything. Miss States never won anything. Kentucky, Vandy. Alabama was a disaster before Saban. Georgia didn't win a big game for 40 years. But then that also leads me to the other side of the coin, what you mentioned. What if we're doing this and let's say, how the hell are you going to give the Big 12 two auto bids? No, that's, and they, That also could be, yeah. or just or the ACC, Miami, I, would throw, take a pick. I a promise bit. you, that's, that's the side that I want to focus on. There will be more
5: years on that side of the coin where it's going to be, wait a second here. Like six teams should be in from the SEC or six teams should be in from the Big Ten. And there isn't a single damn team that belongs in from the Big 12 or the ACC. Get them out of there. Why do they have two automatic bids? These, it's the two power leagues at this point. I mean, you you just poached mm-hmm. the. I mean, mm-hmm. whatever you wanted to, from the Pac-12 to come over to the Big 12 and now uh, to the Big Ten. And now the SEC took the two best historical programs from the Big 12 to add them on top of what has been... Now, since the, you know, the BCS, the best conference in college football, and you're going to say, why? that's my question, is why would the SEC and the Big Ten say, okay, here's the, because they originally asked for four. Yes. But then they're going to compromise on this because if they got four, it would have been one automatic qualifier outside of that. And now they're going to get three. It's just like, I don't get it, man. You're going to be the, in theory, those those two conferences are going to be the absolute bee's knees. Why would you say, yeah, we're going to sign up and only uh, be three? Go okay with that? And I don't care if the Big Twelve gets any in. That that would be my mentality if I'm well, the SEC
3: in the in the Big Ten. The deck is stacked for them yes, and they it control is. college football. But the SEC and Big Ten also asked for four, and uh, they, that was the response was that's agreed, Just get out of here. So there was also this report after that at ESPN that. Presidents and chancellors in both the SEC and Big Ten are having conversations about whether to continue their NC2A membership, citing a source that some some schools feel pretty strongly about pulling away. Boy, this is this is a this is a hound's breakfast now. This is a mess. What what could be? And it was you can blame the Pac-12 with their buffoonery. You can blame Oregon and Washington. You could blame Oklahoma, Texas. You can blame the TV networks but how this has completely changed and flipped and who knows what this sport's going to look like. And, and, yep. and I wouldn't, I, I can't rule that out. If the big you, know, you have lawsuits up the yin yang but if the big, big 10 and SEC say, well, okay, we're going to take our ball and do our own thing and see what you do about it.
5: They could easily do that. Yeah. Well, oh, easily might be the wrong word, but that could happen in our lifetime. And I wouldn't even, I wouldn't be surprised for one second. Here's the one part of what a 14, a minimum 14 team playoff uh, that I would really like, and that is the conference championship games that are then up in up in the air. That's they don't right. know, and they're going to have to do a deeper dive on this. And they admitted that the fact that the powers that be are now saying, eh, we're not so sure." Good, eliminate them. You don't need them anyway. Have never needed them. They're unnecessary. It's that's another total money grab. And if they go to if they go beyond, I mean, so it's going to be set right. They're going to go twelve or fourteen either way then just axe those right now because it's an unnecessary weekend. It's a a game that doesn't matter for anything. Both those teams are going to get in anyway. uh, And the sport is going to be, be trust me on this, the sport's going to be better off without conference title games. Yep. And that would be the best part of this whole deal, in my opinion.
3: Yes. And Dellinger writes, for the last 15 years, on the second Saturday in December, you had Army-Navy. And now, because of this, Army-Navy... Isn't going to be a standalone game because they want to move the Bulls up a week because you're going to have the third weekend in December now where you start the playoffs. Okay. So now you not, now that is that the be all end all? I don't know. Sources from both schools said we're not moving the game. But that that's go. And the other thing is, and what if uh, the stars align somehow, some way, and you get the kooky situation where Army and Navy are actually in the mix? Because uh, as it stands now, the game is six days after the college football playoff selection mm-hmm. is done, too. The other thing is, so you mentioned uh, three SEC, three Big Ten, two ACC, two Big 12, one group of five, three at large. If Notre Dame's in the top 14, they're in. So that's another one. No no, ifs, ands, or buts. If Notre Dame's in the final 14, then they get a spot. Yeah, so then that'll basically become two
5: at-large bids then. And I would imagine that Notre Dame's going to be in the mix more times than not. Right, Because how many times over the years have the Fighting Irish mm-hmm. been a team that would not qualify for being considered a top 14 team in the country? Most of our lifetime. Like doesn't that's seem been that hard case. to do.
3: Right. Yeah, right. No. I don't know. But uh, I, I would, Do you uh, like yeah. a double buy? I don't know. I don't mind. It. No. I also would, I'm with you, and I would get rid of the conference title games. You have to. There's no point in having them. If you're going to have all these automatic bids before. And you just go three, three here, three, 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 two, two. So, I mean, what's the point? Okay,
5: do you like this idea—fourteen teams double buy—more than get rid of all buys and make it a sixteen-team bracket?
3: Uh, I think no. I think that's big to get the one of the two seed. Because there
5: was a scenario years ago where, before, the landscape completely changed, and now we're getting these power two conferences. When you had basically. You can make a case it was going to be the Power Five and then the non Power Five conferences. You could get, like, you could take each conference winner and it would not equal 16 bids. And then you could take some at large bids beyond that. I did not hate that idea. I always, but now that's long gone. Now that there's no more Pac 12, now that the Big 12 kind of stinks without Texas and Oklahoma, in theory anyway. um, I liked that many, many years ago, but that was never a consideration. And then I just, I'm, I will always be flummoxed why the people in charge of this sport told us for generations that we can't possibly go to a playoff. Uh, The money is too important for the bowl (laughs) games. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what are you talking about? You don't understand how big a playoff is going to be and how much money is going to be involved if you actually go to an eight-team or a 16-team playoff. And then they finally, I mean, they're just the biggest hypocrites in the face of the, you know... On the, p- and they're like, okay, we're gonna go to a playoff. Four teams, eh? Not so much. Let's go bigger. And now they just—they're just spitballing the way it seems to me. And they want this NFL format with the double buy. And I guess another good thing would be, the fact that they're going to have the idea of uh, the teams playing the home games right away in the playoff. Mm-hmm. Those are not going to be neutral site games.
3: No, I love campus sites. That's how it should be. It has to
5: be like that yeah, right that, away.
3: That's a, that's a big deal, right? As I understand it, would be the NFL model though. I double. The one, the I don't know.
5: Uh. Make no. it sixteen. All uh, right, and no buy? Nah. Yes. Wow. Equal playing p- playing field for all teams. Okay. Because here's the deal: if you're the one seed, you're going to get a sixteen anyway. It's are, is the sixteenth best team in the country really going to be a threat to the one seed overall? Probably not. That's going to be a massive point spread, and they're probably going to pound them into oblivion. So I would look at it as a buy anyway.
3: Yeah. Well, wow, this escalated quickly. They're looking at a lot of, yes, it did. They're, they're looking at a lot of different things. But to just say, okay, finally, we, we go from four to twelve, but we're only going to do twelve for two years, and, we're, and then we're going to go pump <laughs> this sucker up to fourteen, and who knows, maybe more. And then we got auto bids and everything coming in here, and automatic qualifiers. And
5: I still, I mean, the shifting of teams is clearly not going to be done with. Like what's well, good? Florida State, Clemson? I, I give well, them two years right. before they're out of the ACC. Well, the other
3: thing is how some, how are these tiebreakers going to work? Like if you have three automatic qualifiers from the SEC, what if they're all? What if there's a four-way tie for second place? How are you going to break that hmm? point differential? Because I mean, you're not playing the same teams. How does that happen? That's I'm, funky. I'm sure,
5: Paul. Come on. Let's not get stupid here. That's not going to happen, right? As you said to begin oh. the show, a, a team went undefeated this year never made it to the 14 right. playoff. Yeah, but
3: the oh, yeah, fans talking about how important the regular season is. Every game matters. Oh, sure, it does. Well, yeah. I, I did read a lot of the comments
5: and uh, take this for what it's worth. It's the internet, but I didn't see one positive, glow, like, glowing
3: remark. I didn't either. Yeah. That's just jumping up to 14 here, and that's in well, a couple I, I, years. Yeah. And then the fact that you still have. Maybe it's a, 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 they're, they're a negotiating tactic. But the fact that the Big Ten and SEC asked for four and they were laughed out of the room and now they're ticked off. Not good. Yep.
5: We'll uh, get into the NFL up next. If you follow the money, it appears as if this team will indeed have a new quarterback next year. We'll t- tell you who that is coming up and follow the money. It's V Synth Esports Betting Network.
3: With the VEASAN experts to work for you, start betting smarter with a VEASAN Pro subscription. Sign up, get the annual subscription. Today, your first year, only $199. Use promo code FTM. Pro access everything we do through the entire year. Every bet, every pick, every host, every guest, betting splits, show you where the money and bets are moving every game. Great dog videos and the upcoming March Madness betting guide. Promo code FTM, first year, $199. slash subscribe. In the NFL... In terms of
5: odds, at DraftKings Sportsbook, they tweeted out yesterday that the Falcons are now minus 250 to get Justin Fields and to be his next team for 2024. Minus 250. They moved to him. Not Pittsburgh. Not the Raiders. Atlanta. Yep. When some of these other quarterbacks are out there to go to the Falcons.
3: Are, is it? Would that be the right move, in your opinion? I want Cousins. At cousins but would now, be the move. Well, now that is right. Where does Cousins wind up, then? If that happens... And they want to do right by him and trade him before a free agency. He goes to Atlanta. Does Cousins go to the Raiders? Who knows? Uh, you know, you hear the the, the stuff about Penix to the Raiders. Nope. M- M- uh Kuyper had McCarthy to Denver. Other people have. and Peter King have McCarthy to Denver. I've seen. I'm seeing Wilson to Minnesota. Now this is getting wild. Now. So, do you think if Justin Fields, if
5: this is correct? And they're moving him for a reason to minus 250 to go to Atlanta. Let's assume for a second that the Buccaneers bring back Baker Mayf- Mayfield. That's the proper play. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was really good last year. He led them to a playoff win. Um, and my God, they were in that against the Lions in the second round. Uh, would you say that the Falcons are now the favorites to win that division with Justin Fields? Or do you not want to go that far? Because to me, if the Falcons got Kirk Cousins, I would say, yes, I'd make them the favorites. To win that division and put them head Tampa and New Orleans with Justin Fields, I'm like,
3: maybe, but I'm not I'm not positive about that. No, I'm with you. Yeah. Right. That that's a tough call. So I'm not that's not a slam dunk. Because I don't like how this is being framed and the questions being asked. Ooh, tough decision for the Bears. they're ten and twenty eight with Fields. It's a tough decision if Washington offers them an arm and the, a leg. that's the only that's difficult the tough decision. decision. Correct. Because yes. would you dare pass on Williams and trade the number one pick? Back to back years. You need a quarterback. You haven't right. had a quarterback since McMahon. But I mean this is but you're ten and how is it a tough decision? Oh, what do we do with Fields? You're ten and twenty eight with the guy. And if you fall behind, you're cooked. He's not leaning you back, he's not a passer. So And oh by the way, I'll
5: give you another easy decision. The speculation is they might get a second or third round pick. <laughs> what? What do you hesitate that's about? True. Yeah, right. <laughs> of I course, I'd gobble that yeah. up a second round pick, I'd say, take him, uh-huh. please. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I want to see more of Justin Fields, but a second-round pick and I can get Caleb Williams or a monstrous Hall for that first overall pick?
3: It's a no-brainer to me. Yeah, well, Fields isn't a star, though. He's a big upgrade from Ritter and even in Heineke, too. So That I completely though, agree with. Yeah, even though Heineke is, is uh, made the playoffs, though. But this, it's also what he could mean and what you could do with that offense and the creativity. Ritter's not taking off and scaring anybody. No. I mean, Fields, you see what he can do, the damage with his legs as well. And, uh, and how that uh, offense could be dynamic. So then it, it comes back to Carr and what does New Orleans look like and Dennis Allen and that mess too. That that, that guy's gone over his win total, under, excuse me, under his win total every single year as yeah, a head coach.
5: That's right. So ESPN did a story and uh, they tried to predict all 32 starting quarterbacks for next year. They actually have Atlanta getting mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins. Again, uh, yes. we're, we're high on Kirk Cousins here on the show. I mean, are we talking about a guy that will lead you to a Super Bowl victory? Let's not get nuts here, uh, but a, a guy that can put together a very nice season, stats-wise, and lead, lead you to enough wins to, you know, maybe win a division or win a playoff game. Okay, now, now we're talking. I can get in that territory. Cousins to Atlanta would be big. I think Cousins to the Raiders would be a big deal. When you were out yesterday, JBT and I disagreed with this. I would have the Raiders close to a playoff team. He, he's like, there's no way. He's like, the Raiders are coming back to the pack. They're this. They're they totally overachieved last year, and they're not that good. So he disagreed with me. I think the Raiders with
3: Kirk Cousins could be pretty good. I'm with you. They had lousy quarterback play last year. Yeah,
5: yep. Uh, they do have Chicago making that easy decision if that you know yep. huge haul is not there from Washington taking Caleb Williams. They also have Denver getting J.J. McCarthy. I'm t- the love for McCarthy, again, is going to be one of the biggest talking points, in my opinion, for the next two months. And his draft position, when that's going to open up, where that's going to be at. I'm telling you, Paul, it's probably going to be Right in that area where it goes, 11th Minnesota, 12th Denver, 13th Las Vegas. And it's going to be, I would make the prop either 11 and a half or 12 and a half with him.
3: Mm-hmm. And I'll give you a scenario that's one dill of a pickle. What if a major quarterback still sits there at number six for the Giants? I, I I'm, That's not a slam dunk that they would, uh, we're good with Jones and we're, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked and fall off my chair if the Giants go quarterback either. I would not. I would not be shocked at at all, Uh, although ESPN
5: is predicting that Daniel Jones will be the starting quarterback next year for the Giants. There is a report today from The Athletic, in fact, that uh, I saw it this morning. There is a strong, they're reporting, there's a strong sense around the NFL that Patriots are heavily leaning in the direction of drafting a quarterback with a number three overall pick. So then, there you go. The the commanders are going to do the same exact thing, right? Unless there's trades if it remains bears 1, commanders 2, patriots 3, if this report is accurate then all 3 of those guys, williams, may, daniels are going to be off the board. So then what do the giants mm-hmm. do at that point? Right. Then do they just say screw it, we got to run it back with, with jones, one of the guy, one of the top quarterbacks not there. Will they shock the world and go mccarthy? Oh.
3: <laughs> no, they can't do that. No.
5: Um, ESPN predicts that michael penix mm-hmm. will end up in las vegas. Love it. And they said not necessarily, obviously, with the first-round pick. Late first, early second. There you go. I'd like to see what that looks like.
3: Sure. I think he can be a good NFL player if he stays healthy.
5: Yeah, and I don't like this landing spot for Russell Wilson. That would be Minnesota. If, like, trying to read the tea leaves here would be correct, Daniel Hunter's a free agent. It appears as if he's going to be long gone. Like, if he moves on... This team has already, like the reports came out, like Justin Jefferson, not too much money. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm a big fan of Russell Wilson going there. I would have other landing spots for Russ that I would prefer over Minnesota. One would be the Raiders. Actually, the Steelers I would have high in my list mm-hmm. for Russ Wilson as well.
3: Well, the other report is that the, the, the gap from Cousins to their next future quarterback is going to be, they want to maybe take a look at Sam Darnold. I saw that report too. Yeah. Which, how did we get to this? He has stunk his entire career right. because he sits the bench and plays a couple games in San Francisco. People are now intrigued. Oh, maybe you never know. Maybe we gave up on the. No, he had like one good game in Carolina and was a disaster for the Jets. And I'm seeing Ghost is going to fall him around his whole career. No, that's not. That now, cannot happen. No, I would go Darnell if I want a tank. <laughs> yeah, exactly that, that's right. what I would do. That. There you go. Yeah. I mean, if, if I if I'm going to get rid of Cousins and move on from Jefferson and go full rebuild mode. I don't know how great, you know, it's, it depends what you talk to about what they think of next year's quarterback class, but I would that's what I would do. No Wilson, I would go Darnold and say, I'll take my medicine, win three, four games, and talk to you later.
5: Yeah, ESPN also has Mayfield back to Tampa. Will Levis starting in Tennessee, which makes some sense, and then Drake May going second overall to Washington. Basically, when you run all this down, I, I'm going to say it, 2024 is going to be unlike last year because I did have interest, and I did make a nice bet before the Jets got Aaron Rodgers, but you could tell what they wanted to do. They told the media that we want to make a big splash at that position. And then they brought in Hackett, who was axed in Denver. And you know how Aaron Rodgers feels about Nathaniel Hackett. He loves the guy. And so it's like, OK, they're going to probably get him. So, yeah, I had interest in the Jets at 45 to 1, thinking that they could be, a you know, a serious threat. I don't think there's a team on here, though. I mean, maybe a playoff team, but in terms of, Betting a Super Bowl future, I don't see one landing spot or any of these teams that i to be like, yeah, that would do it for me. I need
3: to make a bet. You? Now, now, what's going on with Jake Browning, though? I mean, that's a guy I would love to have See, that's, based on how well he played last we, year. We Where ki- is Jake Browning in these, all these discussions? We kicked that
5: around yesterday. I don't hate that idea if you're the Patriots. That way you don't take no. a quarterback number three overall. Maybe yes. you go Harrison there, or maybe you trade the pick and get more in the draft. Come on.
3: Who would you rather have, Browning or May? I take. that's the other thing uh, about I don't the,
5: know about that. I think that's an overreaction. I think May, who knows? May, May's a complete wild card.
3: Yeah. Well, I saw I saw enough to like uh, Browning and think that he could come in and I don't know, I'll sure. give you one. But Would the, you rather have Browning or Ritter? Oh, please. Not even close. That's the whole thing about the Fields discussion, though. You got to pay him. That's, yeah. What do you give that guy? $40 million? So the- can water
5: if he fell out of a boat? That Right. That's by early May, is that if you make that decision- If you're like, yeah, we're going to give up a second or third round pick for him. Well, then Uh that that decision to give him his fifth year option has to be made by early May, I believe, is the date. And that's twenty five million minimum. That's like that's that's the deal, I believe. Twenty five million dollars. And that's like, okay, well, you're not going to give up a third or second round pick and say, well, we're not so sure if we want to give him that fifth year option. Well, why
3: would you give up that pick then for the guy? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's absolute lunacy. They could get us. What are you waiting for? That they could get a second-round pick for Fields, and to answer your question, while this is fun and intriguing, there still isn't a move here that the, well. I'm going to go out and bet that team if they get this said quarterback. No, I'm with, no. no. I can't do that. Neither can I. None, none of these guys really move the needle. Although out of all the guys we just mentioned, I, I other than Cousins, I'd be uh, Browning would be up my list. He should be talked about more. I would think.
5: Let's follow the money here on Veasan, the sports betting network. Up next, Blind Resume college basketball, and we have yes, no, bubble team odds. Uh, there was a team posted yesterday with a 67% chance to make the tournament, according to one site, and they were plus 145 at DraftKings. We'll tell you the team coming up next.
3: Start your morning with a daily dose of winning strategies, insider tips, and the latest buzz with the free VEASAN daily newsletter. Today's newsletter Bill 80 up and at him. Gil Alexander's top future bets in Major League Baseball. Expert analysis laid aside straight to your inbox. Absolutely free. vsyn.com slash newsletter to subscribe. The college
5: basketball action here. By the way, last night, for those of you who had Auburn plus seven, it got to seven and a half at one point before tip off. They're up by 8 in the second half, and you lose by 8. Is that what happened? Dalton Connect was... Oh, he went off. Yeah, apologies. I was running around. And, he was so good last uh, night. He scorched oh. him in the second half. Couldn't miss. The guy
3: completely took over the game. Oh, That's a kick-to-the-stomach loss. It's there for him, though. Yes, it's a tough schedule, but if Tennessee can manage this... Well, my Tennessee... They, they get one seed.
5: What? Okay, so how many losses can they have, including the SEC tournament, still so get the one seed?
3: Depends... It depends what Arizona does in North Carolina. Let's say they. Would say let's say North were, Carolina wins out. Okay, then it's one.
5: Tennessee loses a close mean? game at Alabama, and they lose in the SEC title game.
3: North Carolina okay. has
5: a win over Tennessee this year.
3: Uh, you'd be talking about probably three and zero against Duke though. Then. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Is that more than Tennessee's resume? The SEC. Compare the SEC to me the too. ACC. Wow. Let me. Let me ask you. Would you rather be the two close to home or be the one in Los Angeles? I don't Too know. Close to home. Probably. I'd rather be the two close to home. Keep something to eye on. I'm not saying they punt. Maybe they don't put the team in the, Just say, you know, like Roy Williams just always do. Let's get the hell out of here in the conference tournament. Um,
5: that was always his MO. Good.
3: good action. Now it's getting fun. And the little guys again start next week. I don't know how you bet this game tonight. The biggest game on the card is Gonzaga and San Francisco. Gonzaga has 2 games left. This one tonight, then they go to St. Mary's Saturday. To me, they have to beat St. Mary's once to get in. If they beat St. Mary's, they're in. They beat San Francisco, the Dons by 5 at home earlier in the year. Last year they went to the to a uh, San Francisco and won by it was a 2-point game. Uh-huh. So, they only have one quad one win. Joel and Arnie has them last team in the field. Again, there's going to be bit thieves. This this bubble is going to shrink. Someone's going to come out of nowhere and win conference uh, tournaments. So, But why it's such a hard handicap is you might, while well, I trust Gonzaga, they're going to find a way. They haven't missed a tournament since 98. They're going to win tonight. But it all comes down to Saturday anyways, because they could lose by 15 tonight. If they beat St. Mary's, who's won 23 at 24, whatever it is, that's going to get them in. Well, what if they what if they win the
5: game tonight though and lose to St. Mary's by two?
3: Uh well, what happens next week though? I, they're going to play San Francisco I, again. I, I still think they're probably going to be in. Oh, ooh, I don't under know. that scenario. If they go zero and three against St.
5: Mary's, I don't I don't like their chances. I think this is where the history of Gonzaga and what they've done over the last twenty five years will help them out.
3: Yeah, I hope you're right. And I think uh, certainly they would love to have them along with Patino in the first in the four. playing game.
5: Now this game That's opened right. up four and a half Gonzaga. They're down to three and a half.
3: Yeah, right. Now uh, Torvik has them twenty-one. Ken Palm has them twenty. So they're these experts are saying they uh, they do belong for sure. Right, and they're a top twenty team. But they have not, other than the Kentucky game, which saved their ass. If they didn't, what's the discussion if they didn't win that game? Well, then they have to win the conference tournament, probably. Right. And I thought it was laughable after the game. And I like the guy. He's a harmless soul. But I, I thought that Seth Davis saying 100% they're in now, calm down. I mean, you, so what? If you only have one quad one win and go 0-3 against St. Mary's, I don't think that's going to be good enough. But, but the... the the pedigree here and the brand name bias could win out. You could be right.
5: Okay, so when we first brought this up, and DK posted odds on Gonzaga to get in, weren't they like minus three dollars, three seventy? It's outrageous. And You're saying it was way too high. Yeah, back they're the then? last yeah. team
3: in the field.
5: Yeah. Well, that's according to Lenardi. Well, he's nails though. No, oh. you know, bracket matrix has him has the team an 11 seed right now. Torvik gives them a ninety three percent chance, ninety four
3: percent chance to get in. Ninety-four percent. What? Chance. Yeah, right now. Come on. Yeah. See, I love Lenardi. Uh, I'm not. I'm not uh, dismissing Torvik. I, I don't think much of Jerry Palm, Mike's buddy. Uh, but that's. I, I don't think Lenardi's always. And who knows? Maybe he's inside information. I, I, I trust Lenardi here, but um, they're in trouble, no doubt. I'll give you one tonight. Michigan is playing at
5: Rutgers, and how the wheels yeah. have been spinning off this program now for a long time here with the Wolverines. They are catching seven on the road against Rutgers. The total is 137. Ken Palm has this a five point game, 70 to 65 Rutgers, right around the total as well. The Wolverines, Paulie, are four and 13 ATS in the Big Ten. That is the worst mark overall in that conference. And they're two and seven ATS in road games. Is this it for Juwan Howard this year? Is he going to be gone? I think he needs to be a change. He yeah. appeared to be like the absolute right guy to hire. Well, when they came in and when they're winning those early conference tournaments, not conference tournaments, but um, holiday tournaments. I'm like, oh my god, I'm blown away by what he's
3: doing with his team already. Keep your composure, yeah. How many incidents has he had? He's a maniac, <laughs> he is. Dial it down, my friend. I know. So, Rutgers
5: is lane seven against Michigan. Uh-huh. I honestly, I, that's a lot of points for Rutgers to be laying because their offense can go into a funk and they might score two points in like an eight-minute stretch. I don't know if I can take Michigan in the points. Yeah, I think I think it might be too many points here with the total. One thirty-seven might be high because Rutgers right. Rutgers can play in a sixty-to-fifty-two game against anybody.
3: Yep, yep. Other than that, I think it's a tough card tonight. Yeah, and not, a lot of lot a lot of jumps out. I'd like to see Grand Canyon win by about sixty. Yeah. Well, they should they should be ticked off, but then again, they can name their score with the Rio Grande and and uh, what they're laying twenty-three. Yeah. So
5: by the way, as disappointing as Florida Atlantic has been this year. In their conference, like every time you look up, they're trailing at halftime. Mm -hmm. Memphis, I put them in the same boat. Sure. They're playing at East Carolina tonight. They're lane four. Memphis is four and seven ATS on the road. They are four and 11 ATS in conference play. That's tied with the Owls for the worst mark in the entire American Athletic Conference.
3: What do you do with that guy? He gets boys. He gets fellas. You know, he gets stars. But it's, can you coach? And and then it seems there's always some like an uh, eligibility issue, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah.
5: So, here's yeah. what I would say is that I would keep Penny Hardaway on because one year he's going to, they're going to be able to like recruit slash have the NIL money be so good that the recruiting class he he brings in is just going to be so talented that they're going to win like 27 games, 30 games, whatever it is. And then they can make a deep yep. run at that point. Yep. Yep. That'd
3: be my thought with him. All right. Excellent. Two quick stories here. Number one. And I just mentioned it briefly with Joe Lenardi, guy. We, we used to work with good guy, salt of the earth. The NC2A used to fax the brackets to the newspapers a half hour ahead of time. One year, the team he covered—I don't want to give away—but the team he covered, he goes, "My God, look at this!" Hey, he told the coach a half an hour before Selection Sunday went on air. Here's who you're playing. Here's the region, and here's where the game is. Uh-huh. And the coach was blown away. He goes, "How'd you get that?" They fax it to us every year. He said, "So you didn't think all the, all many years did Lenardi have inside information?" If one, if all these newspapers had it, that what 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 is Lenardi privy to that he usually only gets one or two wrong?
5: Well, I, I would also say that. that of the people who do the bracketology, how many of them were changing their brackets in the right final in the, uh, in the final right. hour of selection Sunday because
3: of uh, info that they were tipped off on? He has done that some sometimes. It's like, why would you do this all year and all week, and then all of a sudden, an hour before they're ready to go on air, you're tweaking some things, right? Mm-hmm. And my other favorite story is he. He was very tight, very tight with a guy who works at ESPN. And he told him, they tell us what to write about, what to cover, and how to cover it. And this guy doesn't even cover football, college football. So imagine if that's what ESPN tells some of their writers with other sports. What it's like when we're talking about college football and, and what, because remember how everything flipped with the Florida State narrative and everyone did the 180 as well on that too. And I, I just, I found that, I go, you're kidding me. He goes, they, they didn't even cover football. And he's been at ESPN forever. He goes, oh no, they tell us what to cover and, and how to attack certain topics and what. I'm like, that, that's this was years ago and blew my mind.
5: It sounds uh, fun. Well, that, no kidding. This is the angle that you got to take of the story. Can
3: you imagine? No, is kidding. that what you're saying? Well, more more so. That, that's one thing. How about how about what you have to? Here's what I want you to cover. You know, elbow, wink, wink, go in this direction. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, it's like, well, come on, put on put on NBA today, and it's always Lakers and Warriors. I mean, guys, are the nine and ten seed, can we? Why are we talking? It's the same thing every day. Who has the better chance to come out of the West? I'll, I'll ask you it's this. A,
5: Are you tired of the off-season talk about the Jets and the Cowboys yet? (laughs) Yeah, I'm right. You can't go anywhere. I know. You you can't escape it. I'm just like, what? Today, another angle here on the Cowboys and the Jets? How is that possible? I I don't, I mean, well, that's what Peter Schrager admitted to that last year about the Jets when they picked up Aaron Rodgers. They have to begin. They were told they have to begin every single show talking about the Jets. How'd that go? Worked out quite well in the end. Yeah. All right, it's Follow the Um, Money here on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. We will ask you that question. A little bit more on Richard Lewis coming up. It could be any walk of life, right? Have you ever met somebody who completely blew you away, like your expectations, you didn't know what you were to think, and then you met a person, you're like, oh, my God, that was unbelievable. We'll kick that around coming up here and Follow the Money. It's Visa, the Sports Betting Network.
3: This week on DraftKings Sportsbook, new customers can deposit $5, get a no-sweat bet, up to 1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet loses. Download the app. Use promo code VEASAN when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. FTM at VEASAN.com. We want to hear from you. That's the email. FTM at VEASAN.com. Tweet at us as well. We'll see them uh, right away as they come in at VEASAN Live at Mitch Moss Radio at Pauly Howard with a Y. I'm glad that worked out for you. And it was a great experience when you met Richard Lewis and he came in studio years ago. And that is not always the case. We can go down that road tomorrow. But when you admire someone and meet, they don't have to be famous. But if it exceeds your expectations, now that is a home run. Oh, absolutely it is. And it might be rare. I don't know. But that's why I want to hear from the audience coming up. But that that, is, that's the, that's awesome. I think that photo is from uh, 2012.
5: I worked at a radio station called 95.7 The Game in San Francisco, uh, downtown. And we always brought comedians in from Cobb's Comedy Club, which was outstanding. I mean, they had like A-list comics all the time. But but back then, John Oliver came in studio. Uh, I can't remember if we had Louis C.K. I know I went to go see Louis C.K., so something tells me we had him in studio. I can't recall if that's accurate or not. But this is before, obviously, you know, he was canceled. But the um, amount of the big names that came in, I was like, oh my, and it was never a problem. They're like, oh, absolutely, for wow. sure. Oh. Uh-huh. So that, I thought that was really, really cool. But Richard yeah. Lewis was just, I mean, again, here's a guy who, I mean, I can remember watching him. Remember when uh, Comedy Central first came around? I can recall that probably like 1991 and sitting at home in high school. Just I would always watch stand up comedy, and he was one of the guys that I'd always see on there. And then what it turned into over the next 30 years, and then so many seasons of Curb. And just, like, the duo of Richard Lewis and Larry David is all-time good. Yep. I mean, the, the, uh,
3: the chemistry. I can't Friends wait to go back. 12, I'm,
5: right? I'm going to have to go back down and start yeah. Curb all over from the very beginning. Yeah. I think Curb is better than Seinfeld. Wow. I think it's the highest power-rated show of all time mm. when it comes to, if you want to, you know, if you want to well, throw in, um, what do they have in comedies. Common? Yeah, Larry
3: David. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah, so. Well, I-, I love the, the one that was making the rounds when... And Clary talks his girlfriend into getting the implants removed. Oh, this isn't algebra; it's my life. Come on. T- and then she goes to the bathroom. <laughs> and he's like, "You mother bleeper! Yeah, yeah, this Carson. is all on you. Why do you have to mention that oh, no. mole?" Yeah. Well, all right. To her face, I yeah. support you. It's yeah. okay if you want to. She goes to the bathroom. You idiot. What you oh, with so you? good. You spot a mole? You're playing with my life.
5: Uh, So anyway, like, I don't know what my expectations were for him. But again, he could have came in and just been like, he could have punted and showed up and not been very cool about it. But he brought his A-game that day and he was as glib as you would hope. And uh, he treated all of us at the station like uh, we were his best friends. I'm like, wow, that's really, really cool for him to do that. Mm -hmm. And then he took pictures with everybody after it was over with. I'm like, you know, he could have bailed as soon as he was done. My ride's here. See you later. That was real. But no, that wasn't the case
3: at all. Got to bring your A-game though, Trey. You're selling tickets. No, that's true. So I mean, that's you're that's trying true. to get asses in the seats there, too, as well. But, you know, afterwards, being uh, gregarious and taking pictures with everybody, and uh, that's awesome. I'll and tell
5: we, you, one comedian that we met here several times in
3: Las yeah. Vegas who came in the studio was Jay Moore. Now, he was a delight. Oh, he was fantastic. I could have talked to that guy all day, and what a life he's had. And now he goes on in Hello, Los Angeles. He marries Jeannie Buss. But, uh, funny guy. And well, that was a huge. His, he's but, got quite the resume too. Yes, he does. And I even, um what was that movie with Christopher Walken, Suicide Kings yeah, or something? You go. yeah. Very good movie, underrated. And Jay Moore had a, I mean Jerry Maguire. That guy was in some big time movies as well. Also told us on the air, ripped Jennifer Aniston to shreds. Ripped her, terrible on the set. B, uh, B word and every, oh, went to town. Well, yeah. not B word. went to town on her and let her have it well he also had his impressions
5: were so good yes and i love jay moore as a radio host i thought he was yeah he would sprinkle in the comedy along with the but his impressions of like norm mcdonald that's another guy uh but he had one that was way underrated. remember those carl's jr um commercials all the time that were so creepy Mm -hmm. it'd be like campfire and he would rope uh vodka and he would just go off with the voice and yeah. it was it, i think the guy who did the Carl jr's vo- uh, commercials he was like a singer for a band and he hated jay Moore because of the impressions uh-huh. <laughs> that's the way it Consid, goes yeah
3: yeah uh-huh. what is this jim rome getting mad at caliendo yeah Romey. yeah right yeah i know that's uh uh he was he was phenomenal also um mike tyson <laughs> Some of our best interviews have been with Mike Tyson. Still uh, well. trying to get him in studio. Can't do it live, but uh, he, he, the stories this guy has second to none. I also have Chaz Palminteri on my list too. The actor who came and he used to. He did the one man show out here in Vegas, Bronx Tale. It was a hot ticket. Mike Tyson goes to the show, says I can do that. He does. Yeah. And he's got a hit on Broadway. One man show. A, yeah. Yeah. Yep. I thought the one man show from Chaz was outstanding. Oh, yes. Very good. I don't
5: know how we can do that. Uh, both gentlemen. Hey, by the way, when Tyson would come in, and how many times did we talk to him? Was he in studio like three, four times? Yeah. He also, we were on set one time for a big boxing match, and he came on with us because our co host at the time knew him. He had a connection to him, and he came on. And this is in front of like everybody, and he's on with us here locally. But every time, weren't you like a little nervous? Like, I don't know what the hell's going to happen here. Like, I don't, this could go in any direction live or on the radio with Tyson. That's why you said we have to take it yeah, with the guy yeah. nowadays.
3: I sa- I think I said, you know, go ahead and, and lay one on me once. I think I said, hit me. Uh-huh. And see what, see what happens. Uh, and he, he pretended and like he was going to
5: knock you out. <laughs> I don't think you <laughs> so want to joke around about uh-huh, that with yeah. him.
3: Right. But also, we almost got fired
5: one time with a Mike Tyson <laughs> yes, appearance we did. on the yeah. show.
3: Absolutely, yes. We were all right political angle. And that was, uh, that was rough. Uh, Randy Couture. Randy Couture, wow, okay. Now, how cool was this guy? It goes back a ways. Whatever you want. You're talking trash to him. How long would it take? Another guy loved to get in the studio. Or oh, We almost had it a couple years ago. He was promoting something. How long would it take for you to, to choke me out? <laughs> Played that game. It took like nine seconds. We clocked it. He came in, and then I tapped, and that was the end of that. Right, yeah. But, you know, this guy was the biggest thing going in the UFC at the time, and then was doing Expendables with Stallone. Just shows up on his bike, comes in studio. Yeah. Nothing. No handler, no, no handler, no motorage, nothing. Nope. Just Randy Couture on a on a Friday morning. Hey like, guys, yeah, like let's say he knew that he had to that's
5: be right. at the station by like eleven thirty, and he rides up with, on his motorcycle. Like you brought that up, yeah. that reminds me of Chuck Norris when he came in studio. I, he was awesome, super nice guy. Uh, okay. I joked around with him, and that's when I asked him, like, you know, I'm kicking around things. I'm like, it's Chuck <laughs> Norris. I'm gonna, probably never gonna talk to this guy ever again in my entire life. And, uh, you know, I'm just like, how many times would you be able to kill me in 10 seconds? And he just laughed and he giggled. and goes, oh, you? I'm, I kill, kill Ten times easy. How do you want me to kill you? I, I'll, I'll come up with ways that I can kill you in less than 10 sure, seconds. Sure, I bet he could. Yep, same
3: thing with Couture. <laughs> Kevin Nash is on the list. Well, that's a good one. Now, I, now I'm in the uh, Andre the Giant Hulk Hogan Macho Man days. Uh, so I didn't know what to, I wasn't really familiar with his game. And this guy came in, boom, he had me on the floor. The stories he was telling. He the was life. amazing. Uh, the the at Gentleman's Club, Gold Club in Atlanta. He got into that, ruined his marriage. Uh st- he was making some Sarah Palin jokes. I mean, this guy was on fire. He also came in. He was, he was
5: talking hard. about stock prices and he's like, yeah. "My god, I opened up my portfolio. There was 250,000 I just burned." That's right. You're right. It was it was because of the he came in around the housing crash, I believe. Oh, okay. That time and he's like like that guy was looking went off that. and he
3: he was he was, was going to sit there the whole day and was just hanging out with us in the stories. not just not just wrestling, but uh the life. And then uh Dan Marino's uh, one more I had. Marino. I, I don't know. I didn't know what to expect, and I, yeah. thought the, I thought the guy was great. Yeah, and it was just hanging out and taking pictures with people. And uh, some, some. When you're getting on that level, you never know what you're getting into.
5: Yeah, for sure. Like, uh, my. I'll give you one more. The and I've said this plenty of times on the air. If you've listened, you know who my favorite athlete is of all time. It's Barry Sanders. Mm. And you know, I never even thought about maybe meeting the guy at some point. But then when we covered the Super Bowls for so many years locally here, one time he's. He shows up, and he's promoting something, and I could have told you everything, probably in chronological order, about Barry Sanders' career. He sits down with us, and I just, I go completely blank. Like, I got nothing for him. It's I think it was two of us interviewing him, and I was maybe, maybe able to ask, like, two different questions. I'm like, this is my hero sitting next to me, who I did not know I was going to be meeting today. And I've looked up to him. He has no idea how much I worshipped him as, a, as an athlete. I'm just like, oh, my God. Um, and so then I actually happened to meet him a couple of more times down the road. And long story short, there's a connection out here in Las Vegas where he owns a dealership with a guy out here in Vegas. This guy listened to our show. He knew I was a big Barry Sanders fan. He shows up one day, unannounced to me. He's got a signed football from Barry Sanders, it says from Barry Sanders to Mitch Moss, there's a photo of him hanging onto the football and I met him again eventually down the road. I'm like I, I how could I ever repay somebody that did that? And Barry was, when I had a chance to then talk to him again, it was just like the coolest dude that you could ever imagine. Like you never know how that's going to go with like your sure. childhood he- no, hero. Don't. You might meet him and he might be a jerk. Not the ca- I thought Barry would be awesome and he was way better than I ever thought he would be. So ftm at is the email here. We're on X as well at VEASAN Live at Mitch Moss Radio at Pauly Howard as uh, the great Richard Lewis passed away yesterday. Up next, Mike Palm's going to join the program. I think he has a great story about somebody he met once, didn't know the way it was going to go, blew away his expectations, and we'll get his thoughts on this reported 14-team playoff in college football, whether or not he likes it. Coming up here and Follow the Money, it's VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.
3: baseball's back and what better way to hit off the grapefruit and cactus leagues than with Beeson's free MLB betting primer tell you how to bet on spring training and continue all season long with props and futures also basic baseball betting advice for those new to betting baseball Bet the MLB smarter this year. Download the free MLB betting primer now for free. com slash guide. com slash guide.
5: Tell you, Paulie, with all this talk of uh, you know meeting people in your life that uh, exceeded your expectations, has Victor Wembenyama exceeded your expectations so far this year? Yes.
3: I'm, I'm shocked. I, sir- I set the bar high, and I bet yeah. him Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, I mean, This is a phenomenal watch every single night and how he continues to improve, grow, and get better week in, week out, game in, game out.
5: What he's going to look like in two, three, four years is absolutely scary yeah. and Chris Miles joins the program now, host on NBA TV. Chris, thanks so much for the time today. It's a pleasure having you on the show. Would you say the same thing about Victor Weminyama, that he's actually exceeded your expectations this year?
4: Absolutely. Um, now, I was at his first summer league game, right? And you know, you hear about, oh, this guy is this tall or, oh, he's, you know, got this many skills. You see the videos. But he walked in and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar walked in at the same time. And I looked and I'm like, oh my God, this guy is towering over Kareem, right? And it's it, watching the game live, feeling the energy in the arena and seeing him as a teenager, being able to score on guys who had like, you know, three, four years in a weight room in the NBA. I'm like, man, Give this kid five or six months, he's going to be able to do some things. And what's crazy is the Spurs have him on a minutes restriction. Yeah. You know, he's only playing 28, 30 minutes, and he's putting up numbers, you know, better field goal percentage, better points, more rebounds than LeBron in his rookie year. Now, really process that part.
5: Yeah, no kidding. Mm. I'll tell you, um, and we'll get your thoughts um, on the rookie of the year. He's a runaway favorite right now. Uh, if you think Chet can still win that award or if that is Victor's at this point. And also we ran down defensive player of the year numbers overall. And I get it. Minnesota's a team. They're awesome defensively. Rudy Go- Gobert is a huge favorite. But if you just look at the mainstream stats, Victor blows him out of the water in almost every key category.
2: Yeah,
4: I think it's going to be difficult in this sense. They typically don't reward players on teams with terrible records. Yeah. Yep. And the Spurs are going to have a terrible record, right? Mm-hmm. Like it just never happens. I wonder if this is going to be the exception If he wins the award this year, I imagine he's going to win it every year of his career. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah.
3: Well said. So um, I,
4: I think he's clearly the most impactful defensive player in the NBA. And I can't think of a guy that feels more deserving this season uh, than Victor Wimbanyama. I mean, you make a great point of how the Timberwolves, as a as a team, has performed and it's been Rudy Gobert as the anchor. But really, they're starting five, all five guys in that starting lineup, get after it on defense. Yes. So it's like a it feels like a team award.
3: Who do you think is the best chance to knock off Boston in the East?
4: Oh, sir, I don't, I don't think, I don't think you realize who you're talking to, right? It's it's the Knicks, right? I'm from New York originally, <laughs> <laughs> I'm from the Knicks, yeah. so. I'm going to say, in all seriousness, I say that to be, to be funny and, and think a healthy Knicks team could because yeah. they could defend wings better than anybody else. Uh-huh. But I think it all boils down to Chris Stapps' resilience. Like, we know what Tatum and Brown are. When Chris Stapp's is healthy, which it's going to be a tall task to ask him to be healthy the entire postseason, right? I think the longer the playoffs go, the more vulnerable they will be. Um, I think the Knicks and the Bucks are the two teams who seem built to be able to win. But every year I count out the Miami Heat, and then every year they surprise me. So if you'd have asked me last year, can the eight seed Heat beat the Milwaukee Bucks? I'm like, no. Then the next round, I'm like, no, they can't win, and they made it all the way to the finals. So I got to like put the asterisk next to Miami Heat. But I think as far as how teams are built, I like um, the Knicks. And I like the Bucks to have a good chance against the Celtics.
3: What's uh the update with Randall? And and certainly they got it when they're healthy, I'm, i agree with you. They're gonna put a scare and can make a, a deep run in the postseason. But what do you think the status is gonna be in the in the uh the the future of Randall this year?
4: Well, so I think the key person there is OG Onanobi, right? And he's supposed to get it reevaluated. Um yep. Actually, I, I believe it's early next week that he's supposed to be reevaluated. And Mitchell Robinson has been out, right? So I, I put those two guys when it comes to Boston as most important. Julius Randall's interesting in this sense. From all the reports, it says that he is still mulling over whether or not he wants to have surgery. And anyone knows, you know, when you have shoulder issues, sometimes you can't get it up. You know, your your Um, shoulder above your head to shoot a basketball or to defend like those seem like those are real issues that he's going through right now whereas last year was an ankle injury where you can kind of play through it so i would be very concerned with julius Randle if he's able to play and what level he's able to play at um if he doesn't have surgery for the next
5: well said follow the money here on vcin the sports betting network our guest chris miles nba tv host you can follow him on x He is at Chris Miles TV. There's a really good game tonight in the NBA, by the way. I would say a couple of them. But the marquee game is an NBA Finals rematch. The Nuggets now, they are taking teams out behind the woodshed since the All-Star break, Chris. Another great example. Last night, they, after that first quarter, destroyed Sacramento. Uh, But on the flip side, the team they get tonight, the Heat, they are red hot. Denver's laying about five, four and a half, five in that range. Uh, Do you have an opinion on this game tonight at all?
4: What's really interesting is um, that's another team where I feel almost biased for. It's the Miami Heat, uh, one, because I always want them to go to the finals because being in Miami in June is a great place to be, right? (laughs) Sure. Um, But when I look back at what happened in the finals and I look at the fact that Nicole Jokic was at four consecutive games, which he's had a triple-double through three quarters, yeah, um, (laughs) and just being around Bam Adebayo, Seeing him w- against the Joker, it's like he's just undersized. Like I like Bam in most matchups. And the Joker just goes, you know what? I'm bigger. I'm stronger. I'm going to take you down here, and I'm going to be a big man about it. Um, and that's just that's just too much to me in that series. But, again, every time I count out the Miami Heat, they do something amazing. I think that game being in Denver, I would just go ahead and take the points on the Denver Nuggets. They're a team fighting for position out west. The Miami Heat, you never know, like, who's going to rest any particular night as well, right? Like, you get to the game-time decision, you're like, oh, they're down seven guys? Like, what's going on here? So, um, I always say from a betting perspective, the Denver Nuggets feel like a safer bet than the Miami Heat on any given night.
3: We're in the toy department. Uh, You know, it's a great job, and I'm sure you're loving life, too. And it's got to be great coming into work every day. We talked about this before you came on. The league, to me, has never been better. The young talent, the degree of difficulty with the shot-making, the range, how you have to sp- sp- use so much energy on defense as opposed to the 80s when 80% of the guys would just stand around and you dump it down to the center and he would take a contested two. I mean, I, between Luka and, and even Holmgren and Wembenyama, the, the young talent and the amount of studs in this league and the performances you see, individual, night in, night out, to me is staggering.
4: Yeah, well, I mean, you point to that. I look at some of the teams with bad records. Like the, like you said, the Thunder are playing the Spurs tonight, right? The Spurs have 11 wins on the year. Normally, you look at an 11-win team, you go, oh, I'm not watching them. But you go, hold on, I get to see Chet versus Wimby? Yep, I'm tagging in on that. Or I look at the Houston Rockets, who are like eight games under 500. they They're playing the Suns. And I'm like, I mm-hmm. think that's going to be a Like I see that as being a competitive matchup. The Rockets just don't have enough to compete on a night-in and night-out basis or like the Warriors and Knicks. To your point, there are four games tonight that I look at immediately and I'm like, okay, I want to check in on those. Um, As opposed to, you know, a few years ago, I didn't really feel like that was the case.
5: Mm. Okay. Uh, I'll give you an example of a game that I definitely want to have my eye on tonight, and it's the Atlanta Hawks with no Trey Young. I think this team, we've seen it now, two consecutive games, Chris playing some pretty good basketball together. Murray takes over as a primary uh, primary point guard, obviously. I think they're going to you know take off here without Trey Young and start winning some more games. I like them tonight against the Nets. What say you?
4: Yeah, um, and we go back a, about a month ago where DeJounte Murray hit back-to-back game winners. He's a guy that when you play player props, whenever Trey Young's out, I'm like, oh, I'm hitting that player prop early uh, on points, assists, and in a lot of cases, rebounds. So that's like the way... That I've looked at him to be a guy to play, and that that also makes the Hawks interesting to me on any given night.
5: Now, did the Bucks finally find something here after the All Star break to put it together for the rest well, of the regular season?
4: What's What's interesting is those first couple of games the Doc Rivers and the Bucks; they were losing. You go look their de- their defense had improved, um, and their record. I mean, they're seventeen games over five hundred, right? Like this is a team that even when they moved on, uh, you know, and went the direction of Doc Rivers. They had a good record. This is a team trying to figure out if they can win a championship together. And I look at the way Giannis and Dame, their clutch numbers, I think they can win it. Uh, but they need Chris Middleton to be out there and be healthy in the postseason. And that's really been the caveat with them. Whenever he goes down and misses some time, they yeah. just go on a time.
5: Yep, absolutely. You can follow Chris on X again at Chris Miles TV. Watch him on NBA TV as well. Chris, thanks for the time today. We appreciate that.
4: Thanks for having me. Thank you.
5: you. Be good. Up next, we'll recap last night's betting action and tell you what we're on moving forward with In Pocket Place here and follow the money. It's VEASAN, the sports betting network.